1: yoo running crew, welcome to Dancing is Forbidden and Aqua Teen Hunger Force Exploration. I am Ronnie, and on this podcast, I am watching through and talking about every Aqua Teen episode, one episode at a time, and the episode we are watching through and talking about this week is Season 3, Episode 9, The South Bronx Paradise Diet.
2: It's South Bronx Paradise, baby! It's South Bronx Parasite! Hey, whatever! Did you even read the rapper? That's typical liberal media, Parasite Paradise. You're guaranteed to shed pounds within hours, I know that!
1: South Bronx Paradise Diet premieres September 26th, 2004, and we have a little bit of history on the title on this episode, so I'm not 100% sure what it was called when it aired, because the TuneZone forum is still down. That would have been a surefire way to know, but I can't tell you uh, where the name on this one pops up, because sometimes it's just called Diet. So on the back of the Volume 4 DVD box set, which is the box set this episode was included on, obviously... It's just called Diet. But on the inside of the, of the box set, it's called the full title, The South Bronx Paradise Diet. But once you get into the DVD, it's just called Diet. As in, after you pop that sucker in and navigate your way in the menu over to select the episode, it's just called Diet there. On HBO Max and AdultSwim.com, it's called by its full title, so I'm going with the full title here, and I think the full title is a little bit more descriptive than just diets. I I, I like it more, and I think I've seen this one at some point, and going into this podcast episode, I thought I had... But when I watched it before recording this now, I really don't recall any of this besides the very end. So it was basically like a new episode to me. You know, hey, it's not new, but it's new to me. And I was sitting here working on this and chopping the clips up. And my wife was next to me on her computer. And she kept commenting on how much I was laughing while watching back on this one. Very funny episode. I'm excited to dig into it. But Before we do, you know we've got some other stuff to talk about. First up, our Aqua Teen News this week. If you would like to be in the same room as Dave Willis, Matt Malero, Dana Snyder, and Ned Hastings, I've got the opportunity for you. May 20th, the boys, they are meeting up, guess where? In Boston, that's right. And no, they're not planting bombs, they're not doing nothing crazy, but they will be showing an Aqua Teen episode about Boston. And I know you're thinking, is this the leaked episode that came out in 2015 that was originally supposed to come out in 2008, but it was canceled? No, to my knowledge, uh, this is not that episode. I was talking with Dave Willis about this a little bit. I'm not sure how much I'm really supposed to say, but I think I'm safe to say it is not that Boston episode. So I'll leave that there. This is at the Boston Comedy Festival that, that takes place at the Berkeley Performance Center. Again, Saturday, May 20th, 2023. Check the link in the show notes if you want tickets. Otherwise, we do have some news regarding the upcoming five Aqua Teen episodes. And over on Instagram, Dave Willis posted a screenshot of an animatic that they will be turning in to Floyd County Productions. And in the animatic, of course, if you're unfamiliar, animatics, that's how they kind of uh, storyboard the Aqua Teen episodes. They typically don't really storyboard, but they will put together this rough, this rough visual board going through the episode. And the editors put this together, and then they send it to the animation team, who then actually goes and makes it look pretty. And they just, you know, go off of what the animatic is. So so they're turning in their second animatic to have the second episode of the upcoming season made. And in the animatic here, we see uh, Shake appears to be playing a guitar. And Meatwad is looking at Shake. He's very happy. And then Carl seems to be rocking out as well. So very surprising here. I guess Shake's putting on something of a show. Uh, not entirely sure of the details here. But that's what we can see. If you would like to see this image yourself, link to this in the description or the show notes, whatever you want to call it. I'm trying to call it description now because I feel like that's more universally known of what I'm talking about. Show notes could be a little ambiguous, but it's the same thing. Uh, The text accompanying this podcast episode, it's there. Next up, our boy Ian He sent me another voice message. If you're unfamiliar, Ian, he's taken a trip to Japan, and I asked him while he's there if he would track down the rare Aqua Teen Hentai for me to help with my marriage. Ian, he sent us a voice message. I'm so excited. I really hope he found it. Let's give it a listen. Ronnie, Ronnie, you got to help me out, man. I don't know where I am.
0: I went to the address that that Matsuhiro guy gave me. I don't know what happened after that, but
1: next thing I know, I wake up and I'm in this place. I don't know. It's it's like he's recreated the Aquatine house, but it's, it's all dark here. I can't find my way around. There's no exit. There's no bathroom either. I don't know how to get out of here. You gotta help me, dude. Oh, wait, wait a minute. Whoa, whoa, whoa what's this? Ronnie, Ronnie, I think I think this is it. I think I found it. I think I found the Aquatine hint. Shit. Okay, look. I know some of you listening are in Japan. I know my download numbers. I know there's some of you out there. I need your help, pronto. We need to find Ian. You know what? Fuck it. I don't need the Aquatine hentai. Just find Ian. He is a very important person in this podcast. He's a supporter of this show since the very beginning. We cannot l- let him out like this. Okay. I translated the address that he gave in the previous message. 612 Wharf Avenue. That's where he is at. I need somebody to go down there. Ian said, there's no bathroom there. You need to bring diapers. You need to bring baby wipes. Bring him some water. Bring him something to eat. For God's sakes, we have to help Ian. I don't even care about the hentai anymore. I don't care about the hentai anymore. I am on record as having said that. I cannot be held accountable for this. I told Ian not to do this. I knew he shouldn't have put himself in danger. If you are in Japan, please... You, you got to find him. You have to do something. This Matsuhiro Malero guy. Fuck. I knew he was bad news. And I think. Oh God, I think I think I know who he is. I think he was actually on this podcast at one point. I'm not sure. You know, Ian, he he always paid his Patreon pledge on time every month. No issues with him. He loved. He loved very fast music. He loved nerdcore. He loved underground techno. Some of the fastest beats I ever heard in my life that guy would play. I'm sure he's fine. He's a smart guy. If you're in Japan, I need you to look for Ian. It can't end like this. We have to find him. Hashtag find Ian. Hashtag nerdcore for life. Hashtag Ronnie is not responsible for this. So I'm sure Ian's fine. We have to believe. Uh, until then, I guess the only way to to ease our minds would be to see what the heck was going on the week that the South Bronx Paradise Diet premiered. Being gaslit about its own son all the way to the top of the box office this week, we have The Forgotten bringing in a cool 21 million. And The Forgotten, it stars Julianne Moore and Dominic West, And this is a movie, it's kind of like a psychological thriller drama kind of thing, where a a woman believes that she lost her son in a plane crash, but one day she wakes up and it's like her son never existed, but she has all these memories of her son, but there's no real kind of physical evidence of him and she sets out on a search to prove that her son is real. And of course, you, as you'd expect, there's some sort of twist at the end of this. I couldn't find a whole lot of people really talking about this. So uh, not really any interesting trivia that I could find about it. Other than the the idea here that there's no way a movie like this could possibly exist in uh, 2023. Uh, if this son was somewhat online, there would be evidence that could not be uh, wiped away. So, uh, Kind of an outdated premise, but maybe someone could update it in some way. Maybe uh, Black Mirror already did something like that and I haven't seen it. But The Forgotten has a 5.8 out of 10 on IMDb and a 31% on Rotten Tomatoes. So not super hot, but I, I think it's probably a decent enough film. But as you can expect, there is no shared cast or crew between The Forgotten and Aqua Teen Hunger Force. Although maybe there is, and they just forgot about it. Otherwise, in our television news uh, in this past week between Moonmaster and South Bronx Paradise Diet on the 22nd, so four days before this episode of Aqua Teen premieres. A little show called Lost premieres on ABC. So, you know, the forgotten, they're forgetting things. Lost, they're getting lost. 2004 was a hectic year for humanity. We didn't know what was going on. But yes, that is Lost debuting. I remember the buzz around this show, but it was a little bit over my head. I was 11 years old at the time, so I wasn't really interested in this. Although my wife Hannah and I have started watching it, or at least she watched it, and I watched some of it with her, and I liked it, for what I saw. I thought it was very good, but I know the ending, you know, in retrospect, of course, I'm recording this almost 20 years later. The ending, I know, is not too well received, so it's kind of hard to want to commit myself to that when I know I could potentially be let down Otherwise, on the 24th, so two days before this episode of Aqua Teen premieres, Kathleen Herlez announces that she is retiring as the voice of Dora on Dora the Explorer. And of course, Aqua Teen will spoof that later on that show but uh, her final episode called dora saves the mermaids would not air until november 2007 so even though her retirement was announced her final performance comes out much later so that is it for our film and television news this week let's give a listen to our top album this week
0: but a man called long distance this morning thinking about putting me on the cover of the- Save the day
1: Cowboy Tim McGraw to the curb. We have honky-tonk man Alan Jackson with his record What I Do, selling 178,000 copies this week alone. I want to mention there's a song on this record called If French Fries Were Fat Free, which is funny because the previous country record, the the Tim McGraw album, had a French fry reference too. I think Aquatine was permeating into these, these country boys' heads. But this record basically sits in the middle of Alan Jackson's discography on Rate Your Music. This one has a 3.23. This is his 12th record, and he has uh, about 22 listed on Rate Your Music. And this one, again, sits right in the middle. We've actually talked about Alan Jackson on the podcast before, so I'm not going to get too much into him. I don't recognize any of the songs off this record. The lead single is called Too Much of a Good Thing, and it was completely foreign to me. I don't think I've ever heard it. So I picked this song called USA Today. It's very topical to our alternative track. So just hold on to your ass and get ready. Uh, the last thing I want to say about this record is I love the album cover because you have Alan Jackson standing in a field in what looks to be a medieval peasant's shirt. It's like laced up at the top by the neck. It's crazy. Alan, what are you wearing? Anyways, let's move on and uh, to talk about our top Billboard single this week, it is "Goodies." By Sierra. We've talked about it before, so let's give a listen to our top alternative single this week. That's right, we have Green Day with American Idiot topping our Billboard alternative tracks this week. And of course, this is off the album American Idiot, that record coming out just five days before this episode of Aqua Teen premieres. I'm not really going to touch on the record because something tells me we're going to be talking about it in a future episode. But I remember this track being so huge. And I remember because I was a kid. I'm like, oh, what are they, from Canada or something? Why why are they calling Americans idiots? I was so upset. I felt personally attacked. But that's obviously not what the song is about. Green Day, they are American as well. And I just remember this really being a, a marker in my life of starting to pay attention to current alternative music. Because up until that point, I've mentioned it on the podcast but I was listening to bands at this time like Corn, Limp Bizkit, Static X, kind of these new metal bands that were a bit past their prime at this point in time, about four or five years out past their prime, really. And those were the bands I, I was into. I never got huge into Green Day. Again, I'll talk more about this album later. But I remember this song coming out, and this is really around the time I started to pay attention to things like MTV and and really started shaping more of my musical Journey to come. So that's our top alternative track this week. Lincoln Park, they bowed out for Green Day. We'll talk more about them in a future episode. So, moving on, our video games this week, we have one game I would like to talk about coming out September 22nd, four days before this episode of Aqua Teen. We have K. Tamari damaki uh no i'm just kidding katamari damashi coming out which is a very popular and unique game this technically came out in japan in march of 2004 but it comes to north america uh, this week in our aqua teen timeline the title literally translates to clump spirit uh, it comes out on the playstation 2 and i have not played these games well that's not true i did fiddle around with one on the switch Uh, Not really my thing, but these are very loved games and they are highly praised because they're super unique. The idea is uh, in the storyline here, your character's father, basically uh, he's a god. He gets wasted, and he accidentally destroys all the stars, uh, the moon, and a bunch of other celestial bodies, and the, the Earth basically is the last thing. So your character is this little tiny guy, and he, you have to make these giant balls of stuff. You just roll this ball around, and it collects stuff, and it's kind of a puzzle game. You have to collect certain things and, and, and things like that. It's not just mindless. Uh, you're trying to accomplish something, but you your ball gets bigger and bigger and bigger And remember, this is 2004. There's not a whole lot of stuff like this at the time. And you make these giant, you know, things that are supposed to replace the stars. So that is Katamari Damashi coming out. I know a lot of people love this game. The soundtrack is kicking. Even though I I, I don't play these games, I've heard the soundtrack. It's a banger. Certified Hood Classic. So that is our pop culture this week. You forgot that you saw The Forgotten because you're an American idiot. How are you supposed to remember anything? And also, your dad is an alcoholic who destroyed the stars and the cosmos and, uh, you know, your life is very hard. But that's a big burden for you. You're two inches tall. I think that you need to just be watching TV. That's a big burden to put on you. If you flip on Adult Swim this night, What are you going to see, little guy, from the Katamari game? Well, I'll tell you. First of all, 11 p.m., you're getting Family Guy, the story on page one. 1130, Harvey Birdman with Trio's Company. Uh, Again, I've said it before, same lineup we've been getting, so I'm just going to go through these because they are not new episodes besides Aqua Teen. At 1145, we get C-Lab 2021 with Splitsville. We've talked about that episode on the podcast before. We've mentioned it at least during this segment. At midnight, we get Aqua Teen with the South Bronx Paradise Diet, our new episode of the night. 12.15 a.m., we get the Brack Show with Enter the Hump. 12.30 a.m., the Venture Bros with Midlife Chrysalis. 1 a.m., the Oblongs with Get Off My Back. And 1.30 a.m., we get Home Movies with Director's Cut. Director's Cut, a a fantastic episode of Home Movies. Basically, Brendan has to put on this rock opera based on Kafka's The Metamorphosis. It's so absurd and so funny, and and really, I think, kind of prefaces Brendan Small going on to make Metalocalypse, because this is a very musically-based episode And very fun. It's a great time. I really do need to cover a home movies episode on the Patreon at some point because it's one of my uh, favorite adult swim shows. I have such fond, nostalgic memories of watching it as a kid. And also, of course, I enjoy it now in a different way as an adult. So, all right, that is our lineup this week, the same lineup we've been getting. Again, I apologize for just blowing through this, but. A lot of these episodes even we've discussed at some point during these segments. So uh, again, nothing new except for Aqua Team. But the lineup here is solid. If you watch these episodes, you're not going to be upset. Maybe to to talk about them maybe is a little upsetting. But to watch them, you're in for a gay old time. So I think that's it. I think we're locked and loaded, ready to discuss the South Bronx Paradise Diet. Get ready because we're doing it. Put your spandex on, it's go time! Dancing is forbidden as is listener-supported Thanks to all the Moonmasters over at Patreon.com DancingIsForbidden for pitching in $1, $5, or even $10 a month to keep this podcast ad-free and independent. If it wasn't for these heroes, this podcast would be riddled with ads, and I wouldn't be able to even play the Aqua Teen audio. I mean, legally, I'm still not supposed to, but I don't have advertisers complaining at me about it, which is nice. Sign up with the $5 tier to receive a bonus episode every month. These can range from deep dives into other Aqua Teen content like the baffler meal episode DVD special features, colon, movie film for theaters. We're also talking about other Adult Swim shows that air alongside the Aqua Teen episodes. And something I'm really going to start doing is companion episodes to the interview episodes where I'll record a little bit more before and after about the interview, played some unaired clips from the interview, things like that. And of course, we will be starting up our uh, our watch party night. Uh, once a month, we'll watch through some Aqua Teen episodes, like the ones that we will be covering. Uh, Other Adult Swim episodes that aired that night. Things like that. So all of that is over at the Patreon. And if you would like to support the podcast but can't do so financially, just sharing the show, posting about the show, uh, doing anything you can for free to help out. It helps just as much. For example, this week we had Dex over on Instagram and Twitter. I'll put her links in the show notes. If you like Aqua Teen, you'll like what she's got over there. Uh, She posted so much about the show. I think legally I have to send her a W2 and hire her on in the advertising department. On Twitter, Dex posted, closing off my day just right with two of my favorite podcasts, Dancing is Forbidden, and Because Mom Said So, and I think this is a great pairing, this Because Mom Said So podcast uh, with some dance moms, and I think that is exactly the kind of branding that I need to be relating myself to, and I really hope at some point this year, me and the dance moms, that we could do a podcast tour that would be badass.
3: Coming up next, Aqua Teen Hunger Force.
1: South Bronx Paradise Diet premiering September twenty sixth, two 2004, with a TV-14 rating. Makes sense. I mean, most of the episode isn't that bad, but towards the end, there is, a, you know, some some uh, shocking sights, you might say. And a bit of trivia on this one, when the episode aired in 2016, it was rated TVMA, which is a, a little bit surprising. I think maybe uh, not necessary for the episode, but hey, what do I know? If we could jump back to the name here, I didn't really expand upon this in this podcast episode's intro, but again, this one has two titles, but I don't think it is like the Moon and Knight situation, in particular the Moon Master episode that we just covered that had a bunch of different episode names that were all quite different. In that case, it kind of seemed like they kept changing their mind on the title on the episode. This one, I think, is more straightforward. I think really that this one is supposed to be called the South Bronx Paradise Diet, but the title is so long, they just default to diet. So if you go to like the DVD menu and it just says diet, I think they did that just because they were kind of limited on space and it was easier just to do that. So... I think this one is more interchangeable than the Moonmaster one, where again it's three distinctly different titles on the episode, which is very interesting. Yeah, just straightforward here. They're just trying to save space. So on to guest stars on this episode. We have one. We have Akhenaten Nickens. And if you're like who is that? I don't know who that is. Uh, you shouldn't know who that is because Akhenaten, uh, he was the son of Carrie Means' girlfriend. Of course, Carrie Means, uh, the voice actor for Frylock. He got Akhenaten on this episode, and he plays the little parasite at the end. And I think this is the first child voice actor we've had on Aqua Teen. And I don't think it happens much, but I know later we will get Dave Willis's kids doing some voices. But yeah, I, I think Akhenaten is, is the first... Uh, First child actor on Aqua Team, which is pretty cool. And it's cool that uh, he's just, you know, just uh, some normal kid they got on the episode. I like that a lot. Of course, we will talk a little bit more about Akhenaten once we get to his part in the episode. And I gotta say, as always, we are not covering Space Kataz here. But before we jump into the episode, I do wanna talk about the editor on this episode. And we have five editors. We have Jay Edwards, John Breston, Ned Hastings, Phil Sampson. Uh, nobody knew there, but included in those five, we have John Waltz. And John edited on The Cubing in Season 2. He edited on Robo Sitter and this episode... And that's it. He only edited on three episodes, and this being his last. Um, otherwise, John, he edited on 63 episodes of X Men the Animated Series. He worked on Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, and he did 30 episodes of Family Guy during its original run. So, John Waltz just popping up here. I'd love to talk with the other editors on Aqua Teen and kind of figure out. Like, why was this guy in here for just for three episodes? What's the story behind that? Not really sure, but we've enjoyed some of John's episodes up until this point, and this is his last one. So let's jump into it and see what John has in store for us, alongside Jay, John, Ned, and Phil, of course. We open in on Meatwad, and he's working out. He's power walking, and he's wearing a familiar outfit. Meatwad's wearing the exact same spandex outfit that we saw him in in Frat Aliens, except he is wearing a new headband, uh, this headband being blue, white, and, and red, but kind of like uh, muted tones of those colors. And there's also no earring from Frat Aliens. Remember in Frat Aliens, he was uh, he was worried about being gay, so he dresses up like this, and he's like, I'm a man's man, I'm not gay. But of course, uh, the irony being that he really was dressing up almost like Rob Halford from uh, from Judas Priest or something like that. That's the look he was going for, who of course is a gay man. But Meatwad here, he's not trying to be a man's man. He's actually, he's trying to lose weight. He's trying to stay in shape. He will walk by Carl, who will question his life choices. <sighs>
2: hey, Carl. How's it going? Hey, what? I'm just power walking. <laughs> what are you freaking doing that for? You're just going to die. Well, yeah, I know. But I need to drop a couple pounds. My feet so fat I can't get into my roller skates. And the neck of chip don't fit anymore. Look
1: at this. It's a stick up. It don't work. I do this at a bank robbery, I look like a fool. That is Meatwad, he pulls out just a black bandana, he tries to put it around his neck, but his neck is too fat now, and it just kind of cuts his face in half, so one eye is sticking out above the bandana, one eye is below it, it's a ridiculous look, and uh, something very cartoony from Aqua Teen that we don't normally get, but I think it works, I like it. Of course, the whole notion of Meatwad kind of having a neck is funny, since 99% 99% of the time, he's in his ball form where, he, you know, he's just a ball of meat. But of course here, when he's dressed up in this outfit, he is humanoid. So his arms are, he has little arms that are moving, little legs that are moving. And I forgot to mention, of course, he's outside. He is walking past Carl's house towards the Aqua Teen's house at this point. And Carl says something very reminiscent. If you are a Moon Master on the Patreon, we dug through the Volume 3 DVD extras where they had all of these promos that they would play on television around the time. And there's one of Carl where he's eating this very unhealthy meal. And he basically says the same thing. He's like, yeah, why eat healthy and work out? You're just going to die. Well, he says that here too. So they're kind of borrowing from some other content they made for Aquatine that wasn't quite in Aquatine though. Because again, those were kind of like advertisements or or promos for the show. Something else I picked out is... Very clearly, I mean, this is really in the weeds, but you can hear that they kind of reused Meatwad's breathing because they needed more of it. Or more specifically, Dave Willis breathing as Meatwad. <sighs> I guess Dave didn't give him enough breathing. They had, they just had to cut and paste what they could uh, to keep Meatwad uh, in this in this breathless state. So this is setting us up for a fitness episode, and my wife has been working out a lot the past year, and eating more healthy, and things like that. So I showed her this episode, I thought she would enjoy it, and she did, and, and more specifically, she was very impressed with Meatwad's bulge size in this spandex outfit, because he's packing. Uh, Meatwad, you know, uh, he, uh, I think he puts the other Aqua Teens to shame. I wonder if he had to get this this spandex suit custom made for him to, to fit this package in there. Holy hell. But along with this outfit, like I said, we are getting actual kind of animations from Meatwad. He's not just rolling around on the floor. He has legs and arms, and that will continue throughout the episode where they have a lot more animation here. Of course, back in Frat Aliens... I don't know how much he really even moved when he was wearing this outfit in that episode, but here again, he's walking around, he's doing stuff. They're really kind of stepping up the animation here. This is not something we would have seen in season one, because this is a lot of animation for for Meatwad here, a lot of new animation. And we'll come back to that, because as you know, there's another character in this episode who gets a new form, and he, he doesn't have as much animation. Let's get back to our scene though. So Meatwad, he is going to get up to the Aqua Teens house and there will be Frylock there waiting for him by the front door. And also there is a scale outside on the sidewalk that Meatwad will jump on to weigh himself. I guess the idea is he just did one lap kind of and went back to weigh himself thinking he would lose weight that quickly. But it's going to be revealed that Meatwad, he has a halfway point which is the Aqua Teens driveway And in the driveway there is just A pile of gummy bears It looks to be like you know a little mound of gummy bears There and Shake is standing over there And he pops some in his mouth as well And then he will come up and add to The scene too Alright the running man Oh no no no
3: I power walked
2: <laughs> Son of a look at this How far did you run what? I power walked down to that pile of gummy bears and <laughs> I should probably set the pile out further Or closer so I can get at them.
3: Maybe you shouldn't eat the gummy bears once you reach well, the halfway
2: point. If you don't put the gummy bears out, there ain't no reason around. Or a power walk, which is what I do.
0: Well, I don't know why you waste your time exercising. It's just sweat you're going to have to wash off. <laughs> exercising for dummies and
1: women. Yeah. So I have to cut Carl off here. There's a lot of emphasis from Meatwad on the fact that he is not in fact running, he is power walking. It's brought up like multiple times throughout that very short clip. When Meatwad walks up initially, Frylock refers to Meatwad as the running man. Running Man is a Schwarzenegger film. We actually talked about this back in the Super Trivia episode because that was an answer on one of the trivia sheets. So I'm not going to get too much into it here. Although last night I did watch the Schwarzenegger film Twins with Danny DeVito and it was a good time. I liked it. Again, we cut Carl off. So let's jump back in. I'm going to back the clip up a little bit and Carl is going to join the conversation and he's going to reveal his exercise regimen which involves really just eating whatever you want. And then you eat a special candy bar that makes you lose weight. And visually, we will see him hold up that candy bar called the South Bronx Paradise Diet. I guess this would be the South Bronx Paradise Candy Bar. And he also holds up a book called Lose Weight Now, the South Bronx Paradise.
0: Exercises for dummies
2: and women. Yeah, man, you're up on my diet. Started it two days ago, and uh, I'm already at my target weight. Wilton. South Bronx Paradise Diet, baby. (laughs) Yeah. The twist is you eat more than you want. And then you supplement that with a special candy bar. And it ain't like them sissy no crabs diets either.
3: Uh, I think that's no
1: carbs, Carl.
2: <laughs> See, but I have crabs, so I don't qualify for that. Have I told
0: you that before? Yeah. Funny story. Well, I don't have to watch what I eat.
1: Now we gotta cut Shake off. Basically, we're getting a lot of dialogue with the characters talking over each other. I want to back up to everything that just happened there, because Carl shows us this book, the visuals on it, the the backdrop on the book is it's just like a uh, cityscape very nice looking but not super detailed and I think very fitting for this kind of diet book. The author on this is Dr. Billup Gurn. And I'm not sure what the Billup is in reference to, but I'd imagine the Gurn is in reference to Dave Willis's cat at the time Gurn Blanston. If you listen to my interview with Bob Pettit, we got into this a bit, but Gurn Blanston was Dave Willis's cat who was named after a Steve Martin joke. And we actually saw Gurn show up in Old Drippy. I didn't know this until recently, where Bob posted on Twitter that he named a beer brand Gurn, and that was after Gurn Blandston, Dave's cat. I'm not sure what the Billup is in reference to. I would assume some other pet owned by somebody who worked on the show. But otherwise, the book again it says lose weight now, and then it says NJ Times bestseller. So New Jersey Times bestseller for this book. And Carl's Hand, conveniently, is covering up half of the title on this on both the book and the candy bar. The candy bar is a lot of the same visuals from the book, Uh, it's just in a candy bar format. So we'll get back to the candy bar later, because we do get a close-up of that. But again, both times, all we see is para, and then the rest of the word is cut off, and uh, that will explain a lot more going forward in this episode. On to what Carl said. He mentions having crabs. Well, he says the, the no crab diet. Then he mentions that he had crabs. And then he's like, Did I tell you about that? Of course, this probably being a, a shout out to the Unremarkable Voyage episode where Carl supersizes his crabs on accident when he makes his donger bigger. But also, this is just very much something Carl would say. I mean, him saying he has crabs is no surprise. And I don't think it necessarily has to be a callback to a previous episode because it's Carl. So Carl, he's going to try and talk more about his crabs, but thankfully, Shake is going to cut him off because Shake, it's Shake. He wants to be a part of the conversation.
0: Funny story. I don't have to watch what I eat or what I do. Call me Mr. Untouchable.
3: Yeah, and that's why you're a candidate for heart disease.
0: Well, (laughs) I have three hearts because I'm from Tatooine. And my mother. No, you're
3: not. Really?
0: (laughs) Interesting. Because, you know, I get my physical every year on Alderaan. That didn't happen. (laughs) Well, I'm... I am from the Dagobah system. Right.
1: Okay, so again, cutting Carl off here. And we have Frylock. He's really donning that attitude we are used to him having at this point, where he is just done with this shit. Like, he really doesn't entertain the stupid shit that the other characters say as much as he did at the beginning of the show, where he was a little bit more uh, timid, and he would he would put up with things a lot more. Here, he's just like, no, that never happened. You're lying. You're making this up. He doesn't want to hear any of it shake was essentially just throwing out a bunch of star wars references for example he mentions Tatooine, which is a planet in the star wars universe that's all that he's talking about and that will come back carl's gonna cut in and explain it's now time to eat his candy bar
0: i am from the Dago system all right ladies
2: sorry to uh break up the tea party but it's time for my afternoon candy bar
3: you really gotta run
2: nothing nope i'm gonna his down
3: meatwad you should lose weight the right way By eating a well-balanced meal and exercise.
2: Or lose it the fun way. Eat these candy
0: balls and sit on your ass. (laughs) As it gets thinner and thinner. Or do it my way. Don't do it. (laughs) What's that, R2? With no pants? Did you all (laughs) hear (laughs) that?
1: He's crazy. So, Shake is there, like, trying to pretend like he, again, is in Star Wars. I like how Shake... He's pulling on a lot of pop culture, nerdy pop culture things in this season. I feel like he didn't do that as much before. He, he's talking about Lord of the Rings, he's talking about about Star Wars, things like that. But he is trying to make these uh stories up, and then we cut to Carl, Meatwad, and Frylock, who are all just kind of like looking like, oh Jesus Christ. Like they are not laughing at this, they are not entertained by this. And they're just awkwardly looking around while, while Shake is going on about this, this cringy kind of thing. The interesting thing here is that three of the characters have their own ways of, of staying healthy and losing weight. So Frylock, he says, you have to eat healthy and exercise and you'll be all right. Carl is saying, you can eat whatever you want, just eat this candy bar and you'll be fine. And then Shake says that he does nothing and that's the best way to uh, stay healthy. Of course, Frylock is right. He, he he is the correct one here that it just comes down to eating healthy and exercising, and you'll be fine in most cases. And this year, I will be 30. I'm trying to pay more attention to my health and to what I eat. And let me tell you, trying to eat healthier, it's not fun, especially living in the United States where it seems like so many of the things that are sold at stores are Basically, fucking awful for you. They have so much added salt, so much added sugar, things that make no sense. It's very frustrating experience. I mean, it basically rules out 98% of the things sold at the grocery store. You're basically relegated to the cooking, baking, and produce aisles, and that's it. Because everything else is almost like poison. It's like, how the fuck? How did we get to this point? Now, these things are delicious, of course. I'm not disputing that. But Meatwad here, I can empathize with them because it's not easy doing the right thing. Frylock is going to challenge Carl to a little competition to see who could lose more weight. Meatwad doing it the right way, or Carl doing it with the South Bronx Paradise Diet. Poor Meatwad, he's kind of becoming a pawn in this episode, but it's for his health. All right, Carl, I'll tell you what. I'll bet you a case of your favorite beer that Meatwad
3: loses more weight than you doing it the healthy way.
2: Yeah, you're on. And if I win, both of y'all get together, buy me a motorcycle. On a pink iPod, no. no. All I want some home electronics. He gets to go to the damn Dagobah system.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, I
1: too. <laughs> so that is Shake. It just pans over to him. He now has on his e-helmet, so I like that they are kind of uh, shouting out that previous episode. And he's holding a beer can and a little toy rocket ship, and he's playing with those. So Shake's kind of just gone full infantile in this episode. This really isn't like his character i mean maybe we've seen little hints and pieces of this but to see him just playing with toys like this is kind of strange but at the same time i don't think it's completely out of left field miwad tries to get something out of this whole situation because he's being involuntarily entered into this contest He wants a motorcycle and a pink iPod Mini if he does lose the most weight. Unfortunately, this is shut down by both Frylock and Carl because Frylock is just betting Carl like a case of beer, like a little bit more realistic to bet with somebody. But I looked up the iPod Mini and this came out in, in February 20th of 2004. So this came out about seven months before this episode premiered. So a pretty topical request from Meatwad, and yes, they did make pink iPod minis. They made silver, blue, green, pink, and gold, and I had a blue iPod mini that I got a year later for my birthday in 2005, and I loved that thing. I, I just, oh, yeah, I had so much fun listening to it, riding my bike around. No longer did I have to put my CD player in a plastic bag and then put that like in my short pants when I'm riding my bike. Those days were gone. I had I had the slim iPod. I don't blame Meatwad for wanting one as well. And I know you must be dying to know the first album I put on my iPod, and that would be 3 Cheers for Sweet Revenge by My Chemical Romance. The wager is set, the bet is in place between Meatwad and Carl. We are going to cut inside the Aqua Teen's house now, where Meatwad is working out with Frylock. They are in the living room. And Meatwad, he is he's lifting weights, he's pumping iron, he has a purple weight that isn't really that big, but I mean for the size of Meatwad's arms, they seem pretty decent. And Meatwad's having some trouble lifting this purple weight. We also see on the floor that there are blue weights that are much larger than the purple one. I, I guess that's what he would be working up to. Eventually, Meatwad, he's going to put down the purple weight. He's going to pull out the pink weight, which is a tiny little thing. Like, this thing can't even weigh half a pound. It's it's like a doll's weight. If you're if you're familiar with mini brands or whatever those things are called, those tiny little products, uh, this is like one of those. It's the smallest weight I ever did see. And Meatwad, he wants to use that one instead. Come on, baby, come on, come on, come on, lift it up. Come on, I
3: know you can do it. Come on, I know it's in you. I know you got it in you, baby. Right. All right, Miwa, that was good. That was great. Now, I want you to go for two.
2: This is too hard.
3: I know you can do it.
2: Come on. You must be out of your mind. <laughs> I want to move back down to pink. <laughs> See, now, pink is challenging, my macho, and I'm feeling the burn with this.
1: So I like the idea is that they're in a weight loss competition, But then Meatwad, he's lifting weights, like surely lifting weights is important, but when it comes to weight loss, if specifically in a very short time span like this, I feel like there's other things that Frylock would be having him prioritize. But I guess if Meatwad doesn't like doing cardio so much, then maybe Frylock could entice him to lift weights because you do obviously burn calories doing that. That he could entice Meatwad to lift weights so that he would be a big, strong guy. or make him more powerful. Maybe that was the conversation that took place. You might have heard some background noise in those clips. And you heard correctly, there was some noise. That was Shake. In the kitchen, he is making a giant tub of delicious popcorn.
0: Mm-hmm. Hey! Wow! like anyway, what are you this? popcorn before movie starts popcorn why <laughs> is it good over here blue. well there's none left only two tubs survived from the force
3: Jake, you know he can't eat that
0: come on i know he's got willpower he will not not eat it what movie we're we watching
3: no meatwad <laughs> look we got to do 30 minutes on the stair stepper son of a come
1: on it'll be fun so Frylock getting aggressive with meatwad here Shake peeks in from the left side of the kitchen, from what, you know, we see from the living room. It doesn't really make sense that he would be popping popcorn over on that side, unless they move the microwave into the closet, maybe. But, you know, there's the fridge, and then next to the fridge is a wall and then a closet. So, uh, not sure, you know, obviously for the staging of the episode, it was easier to do that. But, very funny. Although, whenever they do have a microwave, is very intermittent on if they need one or not, because when they do need one, it'll be to the right of the fridge, but as we can see, the microwave moves around when it needs to. So popcorn on its own is actually a pretty decent, healthy snack. Of course, the way Shake made it, though, there's lots of butter, lots of salt, and that's where you run into issues. A tub of movie theater popcorn can contain up to 1,090 calories and 2,650 milligrams of sodium. So, That's a lot. That's very unhealthy. And that's probably what Shake was making there. He had a giant tub that said delicious popcorn on it that he handed to Meatwad. And back to eating more healthy. Again, I was talking about how much salt is in everything. I just ate two English muffins, which are jam-packed with salt, which you wouldn't necessarily expect. So much bread product has so much salt in it, but you don't need to use all that salt When you make bread and for example the other day i made some uh, shrimp linguine for my wife and i and i was following the directions and i skipped every single step where it said to add salt like it's like salt the shrimp even though shrimp is already very salty and i knew there was going to be salt coming from the parmesan cheese from the from the cream cheese we had to use it also says of course to to salt the water before you put the pasta in and and just add salt at every step And, of course, I didn't add any extra salt, and it tasted fine. There was an adequate amount of salt without adding any. It's just nuts. But having said that, now I think I could use some popcorn. Frylock just yelled at Meatwad, so we now cut to Meatwad's room where he is doing the stair stepper. It's just this little thing that you jump on and then jump off of over and over again. Very simple piece of exercise equipment, but pretty dang effective. Gets your whole body jumping up and down here. I like the color scheme that Bob went with on this one. Very beautiful aesthetic of, of we have like a turquoise kind of teal blue. And then we have a very nice magenta hot-ish pink color. Looks nice right up my alley. Meatwad will be jumping on it, but he won't be very happy about it.
2: Hello? And then I'm gonna go off and get surgery while you ain't looking and get 'em to suck all the rest of it out with a tube. <laughs> is that okay?
3: Come on now, all you got is five more minutes, you can do this.
1: But I want lips like a tomb later. I got nothing flat lips so suddenly now it seems like Meatwad doesn't care about losing weight he wants big lips like the tomb raider he's referring to angelina jolie who played laura croft in the tomb raider movie the first one coming out in 2001 the second one coming out in 2003 and now continuing on with this scene we will see shake is here And he has a funnel cake stand in Meatwad's room, and then he is making funnel cakes, and he's going to stand up revealing that he has giant red lips like Angelina Jolie.
0: Funnel cakes! Get your hot funnel cakes here! Funnel cakes! Funnel cakes from the Tomb Raider! You have to fry those here, Shake! Yeah, I do. Who's ready? Someone must be ready for a funnel cake. Oh, I wish I could find someone. Shake, what's wrong with you? You know he can't have this stuff. I don't know. I'm conflicted. Part of me wants to show it to him and then woof it down in front of him, and yet part of me wants to see him eat it and lose the bet. I just don't know who to trust anymore. All right, look. Can you just hit me with some batter from there? Hey, batter, batter, <laughs> batter, so wing batter.
3: No meat, <laughs> wad, no batter. Look, I've already got your dinner specially prepared.
1: All right, so Frylock has Meatwad's dinner. Uh, shake through a ladle that was just filled with the dough for the funnel cakes. It hit Meatwad in the head. He fell off the stairs, Stepper. He had he had some of the the batter on his face. Funnel cakes are a food that are typically sold at carnivals and circuses and amusement parks, places like that. Basically, it's just this deep-fried dough that you make. It's like a bready kind of thing, but it's deep-fried. Usually, there'll be sugar, uh, maybe some cinnamon on it. And uh, I don't think I've ever actually had one before because I don't—I haven't really gone to the amusement park or or what have you that often. So it's possible I did as a kid, but I don't really know that I've had any of this, even though it, it sounds and looks delicious. Shake has a funnel cake cart in Meatwad's room. Like I said, it says funnel cakes on it. It looks like what you would expect to see at a carnival or something, but it's all dingy. This is Bob bringing in that gritty reality that he talks about, but also just implying that Shake got this whole thing out of the trash or something. I'm surprised how much effort he's going through to terrorize Meatwad uh, because it involves him actually having to do things other than sit in the house and hit Meatwad. But he's making some funnel cakes. They look pretty dang good. The aspect of Shake with the Angelina Jolie lips in a direct Kind of a reference to what Meatwad said of wanting those lips is strange to me. I mean, first of all, I guess within the the context of the episode, maybe Meatwad saw Shakehead lips like that earlier, and that's why he, he wanted them himself. I'm not sure... But in terms of the joke telling of the episode, this doesn't really feel that much like an Aqua Teen joke to me. It feels like something you would see more in Space Ghost of this very quick kind of direct visual gag and response to something one of the characters said. So, surprising to see them do that here, because that's not something that Aqua Teen does a lot. I'm sure they've done it before, and again, you know, a lot of the people who make Aqua Teen worked on Space Ghost, so not surprising that they would pull a move like that out of their uh, tool belt. But, again, just seeing it here, it doesn't really feel like something we are used to seeing in Aqua Teen. Although, I'm not complaining about it. It's very funny to see Shake with these huge Angelina Jolie lips, kind of similar to the Supermodel episode. Meatwad's not allowed to eat the funnel cake, so they're going to go to the living room where the table is now set up, and Meatwad will be gnawing on a toy steak. So it's supposed to be a steak, but it's like a dog chew toy. He's eating that. He seems to be enjoying it, though. And of course, if you want to meditate on the whole idea of Meatwad eating steak, feel free to do so. The uh, cannibalism implications there. But then Frylock is going to offer Meatwad a, his real meal, which is a, a stalk of celery. That's it. Which celery has like no calories or anything. So he's basically starving Meatwad to lose weight, which is the best way to lose weight if you're trying to uh, lose weight quickly for a competition or a contest like this. And then he will also offer Meatwad a, a piece of lemon, a, a slice of lemons so that Meatwad could <laughs> flavor that that celery right up.
2: Mmm, this here's a good steak. A little
3: chewy, but it will do. Well, because the steak is a cat toy. But I don't know why a cat would play with a steak, but I just put it in there to get you excited about your real dinner. This uh, celery stalk right here. Mmm. Well,
2: that ain't working. <laughs> now, if you expect me to eat this, you're going to have to supply me with some wing sauce. How
3: about a twist of lemon?
1: How about a twister? I'll gouge your motherfucking <laughs> eyes out. Get me the <laughs> damn wing sauce. Meatwad not enjoying this healthy eating. He seemed to enjoy that steak a whole lot, though. You know, I think that Frylock could have just let him continue to enjoy it. Frylock does say it's it's a cat toy, but he's like, I don't know why a cat would play with a steak. I don't know either. That doesn't. That's not really a cat toy. I think a dog would enjoy that much more. But poor Meatwad, man. I get it. I get eating healthy is not that fun. My wife is able just to eat uh, chicken and rice and be happy with that, but I am not one of those people. So it's been a little bit more difficult for me on my (laughs) healthy eating journey. I'm not on a weight loss journey, which I guess is like its own thing. I'm just trying to eat more healthy, which doesn't leave many options. I actually do like celery though, but again, one stalk of celery for dinner that's not much. Although, remember, in previous episodes, Meatwad would eat things like sand. So, I'm surprised he's being so picky. As you would expect, you know, the the comedy rule of threes, Shake is going to come back in again. This time, he has an ice cream cart, and then he's going to start scooping clumps of chocolate ice cream for Meatwad, but he's using a shovel. So, there are these giant scoops all over the table, and Meatwad is very excited.
0: Can I make that... All a mood for you. Yes, two scoops, please. All right, two. Come on, four, eight. <laughs> Dream big. Be somebody. Shake, get out of here. I'm not doing anything. Who's not? I'm tired of the thought of what I want. What's the point of living? There isn't any. Hold my gun for me,
3: will you? <laughs> I said, get out of here.
1: Shake whipping out a, a revolver and he's kind of flipping it around and then Frylock tackles him. Uh the ice cream cart, very similar to the funnel cake cart that Shake had earlier. It looks like he got this from a junkyard or something. It's it doesn't look horrible. Like the wheels look very new and some of the hardware looks very new, but the actual part that says ice cream is is kind of soiled and gross looking. And then the shovel looks disgusting, like it had been used, you know, a long time outside. And he he scoops these scoops onto the table for meat wad. Now on the Aqua Teen Hunger Force fandom wiki. It makes a a trivia mention of the idea that the chocolate scoops resemble the brains from Carl Wash, which is an episode next season. And it kind of does, but I don't think that this was intentional because I did pull a picture of those brains up, and I don't think that they're the exact same drawing or anything like that. So I think it's very much just a coincidence. And for any Space Ghost fans, you will know that those brain characters actually showed up first in the 90s in Space Ghost, the episode Shambrain. So uh, those were assets that they had, but I don't think that it is the exact same asset that they are repurposing for these chocolate scoops. Meatwad shares a philosophy that I, too, have been feeling during these dire times. I'm
2: tired of this diet. I eat what I want. What's the point of living?
1: I'm with you, Meatwad. Well, if you're on a diet, uh, you can, to an extent, eat what you want, just not as much as you want to. Therein lies the problem. But Meatwad should be happy he's even getting solid food here. But as we know, Shake, he keeps interrupting this, and also he seemingly just wants to kill Meatwad because he he a Meatwad to hold his gun for him. But this gets interrupted here when there's a knock at the door it's carl and we see him there's like a delayed reveal where we see carl but he is now almost like a skeleton he's just down to the bone skinny his clothes are hanging off of him he basically has my body
0: carlos good afternoon there ladies <laughs> wow you're looking pretty skinny there dude
2: how about you uh hook me up with a couple funnel cakes you got it <laughs> sticks and uh go away heavy on the powdered sugar man you're looking pretty good <laughs> yeah what I tell you, man? South Bronx Paradise! All the way, baby! <laughs> yeah. All I gotta eat are these candy bars, get plenty of sleep, and uh, no exercise, though. That's a no-no. <laughs> Technically, I should have driven over
3: here. So you don't mind if I take a look at one of those candy bars, do you?
2: Yeah, they're $8 a piece there, Fryman, so uh, you look.
1: That's Frylock taking the candy bar out of Carl's hand and then flying over to his room. Uh, I should clarify, I'm not actually this skinny, but uh, this does look similar to if I tried to wear Carl's clothes. We can see Carl is winning this competition. There's no way Meatwad can compete with this. Carl has lost probably two-thirds of his weight within this past day or however long it's been. Really, Meatwad could just give up at this point. And that's basically what he's about to do. Frylock is in his room, and then Meatwad is going to ask Master Shake a question.
2: Hey, can I just have one funnel cake?
0: Eating contest?
2: <laughs> yeah! Pile him up
0: right here. Get the clock. <laughs> Throw it on right now, because I'm going to... I'm going to whoop your ass on this diet, boy. <laughs> You're not part of the bet. Oh, okay. Sorry that I'm part of the bet. You heard him.
1: I'm in it. I think a, a great classic example of Aquatine humor here with the way that Shake just responded to Frylock. And also with Meatwad, the way he's like, can I just have one funnel cake eating contest? They do a lot of that on this show where they'll just kind of tack stuff on like that. And that, that just really makes the show stand out for me. And is one of the reasons I've always loved it. They're going to get that funnel cake eating contest underway, but in the meantime, let's cut to Frylock's room, where he is investigating this candy bar under his microscope. Well, f*** me running. So Frylock sees a bunch of parasites, and then one just kind of peeks into the view of the camera, like where we see, and smiles into the camera, smiling at the audience. Really just kind of smiling at Frylock here. The microscope that Frylock is using is actually the same one that we saw in The Clowning, and it's possible it showed up before them. but it was definitely the one from The Clowning that he looks at the, the clown germs with, and also that Carl will start to juggle later in that episode. Frylock is going to go back out into the living room where the guys are now having their funnel cake eating contests. Shake and Carl each have one. Meatwad is eating one, and then he has nine more at his feet. So there's a total of 12 funnel cakes in the scene here. And they are watching some television, this being reminiscent of Robo Sitter, where Carl was watching some women uh, doing yoga or something. We have women here working out, but it's less creepy because at least Carl has his pants on this time. They're all just sitting here eating funnel cakes, watching this workout tape or whatever it's supposed to be. And. These are not random women in this tape. Some of them, including Kim Manning, actually worked at Cartoon Network at the time. And again, this is a live action video and these are real women, so... Like I mentioned, first up, there's there's a lot of women in this tape. I'm only going to mention a few. We have Kim Manning, who started on at Cartoon Network in the early 2000s, around the time Aqua Teen was starting up. She came on in programming, but in 2012 was promoted to Senior Director of Programming for Adult Swim. And we will hear from Kim in a future Aqua Teen episode this season, because she will voice a character... In the video, we also have Rachel Spiewak, who I looked up because her name was unique and I was able to find her. I could not find that she ever worked at Turner or Cartoon Network, so maybe she was just a friend of somebody on the show, but at this point... She is now an online education program director and she kind of does like community management kind of things. And it says that she used to be a DJ too. And I'm seeing that she went to Emory University. So she was in Georgia at this time, but I I don't really know how she is connected to the Adult Swim crew. And lastly, we have Elizabeth Koneman, who is a lawyer in Atlanta. I'm not sure if she worked for Turner or Cartoon Network. I couldn't find that information. But she is a lawyer, so it's possible that she was a lawyer relating to something Aqua Teen related. So those are just three of the women in this workout tape. Why they filmed this, I don't know. I I would love to dig more into this at some point. So again, the boys, they're out in the living room enjoying their funnel cakes, enjoying this yoga video. Frylock is going to come in and tell everyone about his findings for this South Bronx Paradise Diet Bar.
3: Say, Carl, do you have any idea what's in these candy bars? No, I do not. <laughs> well, would you like to look through the scope and just see what you've been eating? Long. No. It's South Bronx Paradise, baby! It's South Bronx Parasite. Did <laughs> you <Yeah, what>, uh,
2: <laughs> even read the rapper? That's typical liberal media, Parasite <laughs> Paradise. You're guaranteed to shed pounds within hours, I know that.
3: Yeah, because there's larvae inside of you feeding on your flesh. What
2: am I, nerd scientist here? <laughs> hey, look, save the dissertation for my ass before <laughs> it totally disappears. <laughs> South Bronx Paradise!
1: Alright, a lot going on in that clip. First up, let's talk about the South Bronx Parasite Diet Bar. Uh, there's some information because we get a very close shot of the candy bar here. So it also says Caramel Mocha Candy Bar. It says, please visit our website, SouthBronxParasite.com. So you know that I went to that website. It doesn't currently direct to anything. So I went to Wayback Machine to see if it ever had been like set up as a website for the show. And I could not find anything it catches at the end of 2005 there is a log of what the website looked like but the page just says like this domain has expired so I don't know what this would have looked like at the time that the episode came out and looking at the ownership on the website, it seems like it was bought in early 2022 so a year ago as of this recording uh, but it doesn't direct anything. I don't know if somebody's just squatting on the the domain I'm not really sure. Otherwise, it says Copyright Jester Brands, Inc. So that is the brand name that Bob went with for the production company on on these candy bars. And then it says P.O. Box 12038A, Stingray Cove, Florida 33458. So the P.O. Box, it just, I don't know what the numbers are referring to. Bob actually sent me something in the mail recently, and that was not his P.O. Box number. So... It's possible it was at some point, but I mean, I guess it's not the one he has now. That's all I have to go off of. And in case you're curious, he sent me a sketch from the Boston episode that didn't come out. Uh, he sent me some some like concept art from that one, which is very cool. I'll post that on the socials at some point, or if you're in the Discord, you've already seen it. Otherwise, uh, we have Stingray Cove, Florida, 33458. Uh, That is not the zip code for Stingray Cove. In fact, I don't think that there even is a town called Stingray Cove in Florida. The 33458 zip code points to Jupiter, Florida and Limestone Creek, Florida. These towns are north of West Palm Beach and uh, Boca Raton. Bob did grow up in Florida, and he did mention being near the beach, so it's possible this is where he grew up. I was going to email him and ask, but I, I, I forgot to uh, press send on the email, I guess. I, I was going to wait to see if I had more to ask him, and then I realized it was too late to send it uh, in time for this podcast episode. But that's my guess, is maybe that's where he's from, that zip code, that's where he's pulling it from. Also, a part of me felt weird being like, where did you grow up? Tell me for my podcast where you grew up. Where does your family live? Lastly, we can see some nutritional info on this candy bar. It says carbohydrates, one gram, fat, zero grams, which, wow, zero fat in a uh, caramel mocha candy bar. That's crazy. Uh, Sodium, 120 milligrams, and then parasites, six grams. So there's six grams of parasites per bar, and we know what's going on here. You know, Carl, he has parasites, and they are eating up his insides, essentially, which is causing him to lose massive amounts of weights and dangerous amounts of time i like how frylock brings up like yeah this isn't paradise it's parasites and instead of uh, admitting to his reading mistake carl just blames it on the liberal media i feel like aqua teen was a bit ahead of its time in this way but yeah we see what's going on here it's all parasites that are making carl lose weight My only complaint is I wish we would have seen Carl at some sort of between stage here because we go from seeing him like normal to just being a skeleton, essentially, within the matter of a few hours, maybe. I don't know how long it's really supposed to have been. Uh, It would have been nice to have seen him kind of slowly lose weight as opposed to just the, the next time we see him being a skeleton. But I understand why they didn't do that because it would have cost more money to do that. And speaking of money, let's talk about the animation really quickly on Carl because his arms do move a bit, but when he walks away, uh, you could tell they're just literally just dragging the image of him and moving it up and down as he walks away. He doesn't actually have a walk cycle. So this being reminiscent of a show like Brack Show or C-Lab where characters moved more along the lines of that, that very cheap animation style of just dragging the character across the screen. Uh, that's that's what they did with Carl here, which I understand. Getting him to walk with those the the baggy clothes and the baggy pants would be very difficult to do, but they at least have his arms moving in in pretty interesting ways in this episode. Last thing I want to mention about the previous clip, and we've seen it a couple times throughout the episode, but I'm not mentioning it until now is that occasionally Frylock's voice is very... It's of a lesser quality than it typically is throughout the episode. And I mean recording quality. I'm not really sure why that would be. I guess there was just some technical issue with the recordings. But sometimes his vocals are... They sound like just kind of low quality, very compressed. It's it's very strange why it is that way. But moving on now, uh, while Carl was walking away, something slipped out of him. It was his liver. The liver's on the ground, Frylock is poking it, and then Meatwad will pick it up. He wants to eat it because he's so hungry, even though he already had you know, some, some funnel cakes. But uh, Meatwad also at this point, I should say, is covered in, in powdered sugar from the funnel cakes. Uh, he wants to eat the liver, but Frylock will take it away.
2: Hey, Carl, you left us. Coming out your butt? Yeah, I thought I felt something. Saw so of slip. Ew, it's a human liver. Is this yours, Carl? Oh, all right, here we go. I don't know who cares. <laughs> That's dead weight is what that is. Can I have it? No, what What? I'm about to die of hunger here. I need meat.
1: Carl, apathetic to the fact that he just lost a major organ... He, he doesn't give a shit. He's, he's losing weight. Uh, I, I assume he's feeling good, even though you would think at this point he would not feel so good. But we'll get a possible explanation as to why later in the episode. Frylock, he snatches the liver out of Meatwad's hands, and then Meatwad just kind of jumps up and, and holds on to Frylock's fry while uh, he's trying to get it back. But from there now, we are going to cut and get a little workout montage in Meatwad's room. We're gonna get another throwback to a previous episode. This time, the last episode we talked about, Moonmaster. We have Frylock reading the Moonmaster catalog while he's helping Meatwad lift his purple weight. And uh, Meatwad, he's like lifting it, and then Frylock is kind of assisting him. But then, very quickly, Meatwad will realize that he can just let go of the weight, and Frylock, because he's reading this catalog, he's not paying attention. That Frylock is just kind of lifting the weight on his own. And visually, it's funny because uh, Frylock is moving up and down, and the Moonmaster catalog is is moving up and down. You know the way that Frylock floats. But his arm that is out, or fry, whatever, that is out holding the Moonmaster catalog, that is staying still. That is stationary. It doesn't really make sense when you think about it. So, after that little workout scene, I know I called it a montage. I don't know if that's the right word, but I mean, it's just a one scene of Meatwad working out with music playing over it. Shake comes in the room. He reveals that today is the big day. It is the weigh in day. We're going to see who lost the most weight. So they'll talk about that a little bit and then Frylock will go over to Carl's house to see if Carl is ready.
0: Oh, yes! Today is the day! The glory train is taking off! For what? Well, I get that case of beer like you promised.
3: (laughs) Look, Shake, you're not part of the bet. You never were. But I want to be. Well, you're not. Meanwhile, I'm going to go check on Carl see if he's ready to step on those scales.
0: Well, I'll be here waiting to reap in the glory of winning. And we're renaming the house the Master Shake Title Town Ah! (laughs) T-R-I-T.
1: So that was Frylock floating over to Carl's house to see if Carl was ready. And we had Master Shake in the doorway at the Aqua Teens house, just yelling out the door at Frylock. Frylock got so fed up with hearing this that he turned around and his eyes started to kind of light up like he was going to shoot electricity at Shake which caused Shake to yell and then close the door. It's kind of a subtle little thing. I didn't even notice it my first time watching through. I was like, wait, why did Shake yell and close the door? Uh, It it happens so quickly. You really have to be looking at it. But uh, that's what took place there. Shake, he still thinks he's involved in this, but Frylock keeps telling him he's not because Shake isn't actually doing anything to lose weight. I mean, I guess they, they should have let him stay involved, but just put something up for stake. So like, like, all right, if if you don't win, you have to give, you know, whatever to whoever. Um, that way, Shake would just be screwing himself over because he's not doing anything really to lose weight. So he's not going to lose more weight than the other guys. Or Willie, I guess we'll have to keep watching and find out. Until then, though, Frylock is at Carl's house. He kind of like goes in because Carl isn't answering the door. Then Carl reveals himself, because we're in Carl's living room and he's not there. He reveals himself by popping down from the ceiling. Turns out he is on the ceiling now. We see him crawling around on the ceiling. He will then go up to his ceiling lamp, which has a fixture over the top that is filled with dead bugs. And uh, first he will eat a fly out of the air with his tongue. His tongue is now suddenly very long like a frog. Well, he will pull down this fixture with all the flies in it and start licking it clean. Uh, Carl, you in here? Carl? Hello? Yeah? (laughs) No.
2: I gotta tell you, man, I could hear you, like, talking from your living room. I got some sort of crazy, amazing hearing. They don't tell you about that in the book. What are you doing? It's part of the diet. They say, you know, if you want to slide around on your stomach, don't fight the urge.
3: (laughs) You realize you're up on the ceiling, Carl?
2: Oh. Oh, yeah, that. i like to be next to this light. Like, real next to it. Why? What are you, queer? (laughs) Oh, Carl! I told you I can eat whatever I want with this diet, it's friggin' great! And the kicker, no long-term ramifications.
3: (laughs) Whatever, whatever, whenever, Carl. Okay? Look, look, it's time for the weigh-in.
2: I had no idea there's so much protein in these, you know?
1: Some pretty good animation of Carl kind of uh, slithering around there on the ceiling. So that's the thing about this episode. It's a lot of the characters kind of standing around talking, but we do get these moments of a lot of animation with uh, Meatwad with his new form and Carl doing this. So it's a bit of a trade-off. But the episode quickly taking a horror twist, you wouldn't have expected that from them just getting into a weight loss competition, but I guess you could have seen it coming knowing what we knew up till this point that Carl was eating all these parasites and that was causing him to lose the weight and his liver (laughs) slipped out of his body. But there's something else more going on here, something almost supernatural, because as far as I know, there are no real life parasites that will do this to you. When I showed Hannah this episode, she absolutely hated the part where Carl not only ate the fly, but then was just licking the, uh, the ceiling-like cover. It's oh so gross. And it's nice to get these little bursts of moments like that in Aqua Teen. I appreciate when they do that in an otherwise pretty comical and kind of mundane episode. We are now going to cut to the inside of the Aqua Teen's house, and Frylock is there with Carl. He's actually holding Carl. like He carried him there, I guess. And you would expect it's because Carl is so weak, he can't walk himself. And I think that's what they try and play into. But also that goes back to, as we know, the show, you know, they didn't have a ton of money and they didn't want to animate him walking. So it's easier just to have Frylock carrying him than have him have to walk around, really. So uh, Carl is going to wave to the other guys, which is kind of weird. Like, why would he wave to them? That's not something he would normally do. But that's what he's going to do here. He's going to wave to Shake and Meatwad, but his hand is then going to fall right off onto the ground, and then he just has a wrist with a bone sticking out of it for the rest of the episode. Hey! Meatwad, no! <laughs> hey, that's
0: no fair! He can't be taking stuff off before he gets on the scale! <laughs> just uh,
2: prop me against the wall over there.
1: I like Shake. He's holding down the law here. It's true. It's not fair. He already lost a liver. Now he's taking his hand off before he weighs himself. What the hell is that? Shake is then going to come in with his surefire way to win this weight loss competition. And the way he's going to do that is by inserting a shop vac into his straw and sucking out all of his insides.
0: Hang on, everybody, wait. I'm about to win this bitch.
1: You're not part of
3: the damn bet, Shake. Oh,
0: yeah. Is that what you think? Why don't you hit that switch over there and then you tell me. Ah!
1: So that is Shake sucking all of his insides out. And the shop vac is clear, which is an interesting choice because I feel like most shop vacs aren't. If you're unfamiliar with a shop vac, it's literally a vacuum, but you use it typically in like a a shop, like a workshop, where you would vacuum up wood particles or or just bigger things like that. It's not the kind of vacuum you would really use on your floor, but you it's the same idea. But uh, shop vacs too, a lot of them can suck up water and things like that. And it's, it's a giant canister, really, that fills up with whatever you're sucking into it. And we see, like I said, it was clear, which is an interesting decision because we see it slowly kind of fill up with blood as it sh- as it sucks all of uh, Shake's insides out. Uh, interesting that they didn't go with, like, the green ice cream color or anything. its It's not ice cream related at all. It's literally blood and that really goes to show how the times they are a change in in terms of censorship on the show and we saw some blood earlier when carl's liver fell out and we saw it again when his hand fell off there was some blood on the floor and we've seen blood here and there on the show specifically this season but here just seeing a shop vac fill up with blood is insane at least compared to you know season two and season one and not only does that happen but shake he he changes how he looks because as you would imagine he's getting sucked out so he becomes very skinny looking his eyes are kind of rolled back in his head and you hear he just falls over because there's really nothing weighing him down at this point it's very silly it's a great animation sequence shake he's done for so now we have meatwad it's his turn to weigh in frylock He was shocked when this happened, but he quickly moves on. He doesn't care anymore because he tells Meatwad to get on the scale. Meatwad does. It turns out that Meatwad actually gained two pounds, and it's frustrating because we can't see any actual numbers on this scale. I would love to see how much Meatwad weighed, but we don't ever get to see it. But Meatwad, he put on two pounds, and then he's going to pull out a bar of fudge with nuts in it. He's going to offer that to Frylock, very quickly explaining why he gained weight all
3: right get on the scale meatwad how we looking you weigh two more pounds than you did last week <laughs> oh fudge does anyone
2: want some That's
1: <laughs> good it's got nuts in it so again meatwad he's been eating fudge he's been eating funnel cakes he's been doing all sorts of stuff which is funny because like clearly he's been eating he's been putting weight on Yet he was so desperate to eat Carl's liver, and then moments ago he was so desperate to eat Carl's hand, that uh, it's like, well, why, if he apparently has been eating and gaining weight? Sometimes Meatwad, he's an enigma. Now, moving on to our final clip of the episode, it's Carl's turn to weigh in, I mean, Meatwad lost two pounds, Carl is visibly skinnier, so he knows he's gonna win, he starts talking some smack, talking some trash but then out of nowhere he gets split down the middle as in vertically he splits in half and this giant bug kind of creature comes out of him it kind of looks like a centipede or something along those lines it crawls out of carl it pulls his now like Husk like body onto the scale, and then it's like, I win, I win. And it's all excited, it's dancing around, and then we just go outside and we see Carl's car now driving away. Presumably, that is Frylock and Meatwad bailing out of there.
3: Carl, you That's ready? Pigeon, yeah,
2: <laughs> we're doing this thing right now, and it is in your. <laughs> <laughs> I win, bro. I win, I win, I win. In your face, Frylock, like I win. <laughs> Come
1: on, where's everybody going? It's so cute. So that is Akhenaten there, who is Carrie Means' at the time's girlfriend's son. He's not with her anymore. But he was with her at the time, and he got Akhenaten this gig, and I think he kills it. He does a great job. First of all, for a kid, I think he sounds very natural. And second of all, for somebody who isn't a voice actor, I think he killed it. He did way better than I would do in that situation. And it's just the cutest voice, too, on, on this, what is supposed to be like a horrifying scene turns out he's like this happy bug who has who the voice of a child and he's dancing around. He's all excited for winning this. A very Aqua Teen move because it's this horror moment, but it's still very funny. So I actually have a tiny bit of info about Akhenaten here. Unfortunately, there's nothing on his IMDB page outside of this episode. I don't really know what he went on to do after this besides, you know, grow up, go to high school, things like that. But uh, thanks to DJ1420 over on the Discord because He found a uh, YouTube comment from Akhenaten about working on this episode. So let me read this to you. I played the Parasite in the South Bronx Parasite episode. I was four or five at the time, and my mother was dating Carrie Means, the voice of Frylock at the time. My name is Akhenaten Nickens. They even put my name in the credits at the end of the episode. Such a blessing. So a lot of questions and such for Akhenaten. Juicy asks, really, bro? Akhenaten says, yes, really. And thank you to all the fans of Aqua Teen. I enjoyed the show and the cast so much as well. And then Stinky Goober Plays, this was his video that was being commented on, says, really? That's pretty neat. Did you have a good time working with the team behind the series? Akhenaten says, yes, I did have such a great time and the Cartoon Network Studios was just extraordinary. I would love to do it again one day. So that's really all the information I have on Akhenaten right now. Also, I should say, hopefully I'm pronouncing his name correctly. At some point, I'll try and find him and reach out to him. I'm sure Kerry could probably help me get in touch. But it's so fascinating to me just to, you know, be plucked out and put in this episode, especially he was so young. He says he was four or five. And even with that, he kills it. He was so good, man. It's crazy that he didn't go on to do more. Not not particularly Aqua Teen, just more voice acting because he seemed really natural here. So what a cool experience that he had, and I think he did a great job in this episode. I couldn't have imagined a better voice. I think it's just the funniest thing at the very end there. Just this happy-go-lucky kind of bug character. He could probably be friends with Meatwad. I think they would get along well. But that is the South Bronx Paradise Diet, an episode that I had not really remembered and that I very much enjoyed. So before... I get into my thoughts on this episode. Let's talk very quickly what we can learn from this episode of Aqua Teen. And I don't want to be too heavy-handed because obviously the lesson here is like, don't try and do some bullshit shortcut diet thing. But I think there's something to be learned here in terms of, of willpower and willingness to actually commit to change. I've been thinking a lot, and I am not an expert, so this is probably some bullshit thing that's not true. But I am trying to like think about how we as human beings kind of evolved to be where we are now in modern society and and kind of the, the decisions we make within the modern society based upon our, you know, for lack of a better term, ancient biology, I guess. And really that just boils down to us being creatures of habit. So when it comes to eating habits, like for example, I've always eaten the shittiest, tastiest food my entire life. And it, uh, when trying to change that, to me, I think the reason that we stay in our old ways of, of typically, you know, eating bad food or or what have you, it's because biologically speaking, I would imagine that we have evolved to be in a state of doing what we basically have always done, of doing what has kept us alive up until this point. It would it would make sense that we would evolve to have that trait. So. In the wild, for lack of a better term, you know, before, if you don't live in a society or whatever, you are going to kind of do what you have always done, because historically that has kept you alive. Well, now we are safe, uh, relatively speaking, in our comfortable societies, and that can lead to some bad situations. For example, it's like, well, I've always drank Dr. Pepper every day. I'm going to keep doing it. And it makes sense, biologically speaking, but when what you're doing is not good for you... Then that can have some bad repercussions. And it's really about breaking habits. I mean, Lincoln Park wrote a song about it. Breaking the habit, we've talked about it on this podcast. That's what it comes down to is, is being willing to break that habit. I think if Meat Wad actually sincerely tried to to eat more healthy and stuck to it for a considerable period of time, like even just two weeks. I think he would have been way better off than, I mean, obviously, we don't know how long this episode took place over, but he didn't really try, and I understand that feeling as somebody who is now trying to eat healthier. I can't just keep going back to my gummy bear pile. I have to make an attempt to make an effort, and it does get easier if you attempt to make it easier. In this episode, Meatwad did not really attempt to make it easier whatsoever. He He always tried to take on the first bad food he was offered. He basically complained when he really had to do anything that would help him. It seemed like he was wanting to lose weight from inside himself, like the beginning of the episode establishes that, but then he wouldn't actually do anything that would help him with that goal. Now, Frylock did not go about this in a good way in this episode. For example, he's only giving Meatwad one uh, celery stalk to eat for dinner. Like, that's ridiculous. Obviously, you know, this is a cartoon, so we can only draw so much from it, but... I think we can learn here if you're actually willing to commit to any sort of change in your life for a period of time, uh, you know, two weeks or something, you can... Work towards your goal. I mean, you don't have to, for example, with with eating better. You don't have to eat fucking pristine, uh, f- like from this moment on. That's that's you don't have to do that, and that's not going to happen realistically. But if Meatwad just tried to substitute some of his bad meals for healthier meals, and if he also, you know, tried to do more of a serious workout, I think he could have lost weight. He could have gotten that bandana on. So that's my takeaway from this one. Just uh, not really giving up so easily on things. So let's move on to my thoughts on the South Bronx Paradise Diet. Like I said, I did not remember this one, really. I just remembered the very end with the character, and that was it. It ended up being way funnier than I thought it was. And as a whole, that's really, like, the trend of this season. Obviously, I've said it so many times, I grew up with the second season specifically, but I did see all of the first season as a kid. And in my mind, that was always Aqua Teen, and for some reason, I thought that the stuff after wasn't as funny or as, not even as funny. I knew the, the later episodes were funny, but I didn't think that they were as good. And this episode alongside the season up to this point has proven that wrong, that I am surprised by the consistent quality of this season. I am surprised by uh, all the different kinds of episodes we are getting. I feel like they're a bit more varied than season two was. And this is a uh, kind of slice of life episode, but turned on its head with, of course, Carl uh, with the body horror elements of him being super skinny and then and then the parasite coming out of him. I like that they even played with their own trope in this way of a uh, slice of life episode actually having a dark twist. Usually when we get a dark twist, it's from the, the guest episodes when we have a villain come in. For example, a Willie Nelson or or something along those lines where you think they're good, but then they're not. They're actually horrible at the end. We didn't have that in this episode. It was just like fine until it wasn't. And I think that was really cool about this one. The jokes... Are very great. I, I I was just cracking up so much during this episode. I like the kind of new animation that we're getting here with Meatwad. I don't think he's a ball the entire time. He's literally in a humanoid man form with his spandex on and his huge fucking donkey dick bulge. Uh, I shouldn't say that, but uh, hey, I can't deny the facts. I like that we see Carl like he's like crawling around in the ceiling as like a skinnier version of himself. Just this new kind of animation from him. Uh, I guess uh, maybe a complaint about this one is because of the, the you know, rule of three where they had Shake just continually come in and try and mess with Meatwad. I didn't feel like Shake was that funny in this episode, especially the Star Wars references. Like, they were fine. It's not like I actively disliked that stuff, but I feel like it was definitely a weak part of the episode, specifically Shake bringing up Star Wars and, and just him always trying to kind of be in the episode. At the same time, I did like, of course, you would expect Shake to try and fuck with Meatwad in this situation and also uh, fuck with Frylock because really Frylock's the one who cares about this whole way in. And I like the end when, when Shake, you know, sucks himself dry, and you can uh, quote me on that. So it wasn't like a bad use of Shake, but it wasn't my favorite as opposed to the Moonmaster episode. I thought uh, that was much funnier, but here it was still fine. I like the throwbacks to the previous few episodes. Like, we had the uh, the Dork throwback, we had the Moonmaster throwback. I thought that was cool. Also, to see them watching more yoga on TV was silly. Overall, like, this isn't a favorite for me, but I think it's a very incredibly solid episode. I was very excited to show it to my wife, who is uh, into, you know, fitness and, and eating healthy now, and, and she enjoyed it too, besides the uh, bug eating aspect from Carl. I like when Aqua kind of jabs at these scammy situations like this whole diet thing where it's like, oh, just eat this bar and you'll lose weight, which surely there are diets that claim that so that obviously don't work. And I think it was interesting to have Frylock used in this kind of bossy way towards Meatwad where he is... Uh, I don't want to say living vicariously through Meatwad, but he is forcing Meatwad into the situation that Meatwad doesn't actually care about. Of course, Frylock had good intentions with that, but he did take it a little too far, and he, he wasn't the most practical in going about it. And the reason for that, I think, that Frylock was so invested in this... And proving Carl wrong was kind of like Frylock was fighting for science here and like the moral high ground of yes, if you just eat healthy and exercise, then you'll lose weight. That's the right way to go about it, that's the healthy way to go about it. And he was trying to prove that that Carl's like stupid little fake bars weren't gonna work. Now, they did work, but that's because they had parasites, they had six grams of parasites inside of them that would uh, you know drain you of your nutrients and kill you. All of that having been said, I think this is a very solid episode. I have to give this one four funnel cakes out of five. You can't go wrong with this one. It's a good time. I enjoyed it, and I hope that you did too. So, of course, feel free to let me know what you think about this one. Otherwise, thank you for hanging out, watching Aqua Teen with me, talking teens with me. It's always fun to dive into these episodes I'm not as familiar with and when they you know, turn out to be good. Again, thank you to everyone who supports this show, either financially, which of course helps uh, helps the show remain independent, helps me make it the way I want it to be made, and thank you to those who who help promote this show, uh, to the show to to your friends or or to your social media following. Whatever always uh, always means a lot to see people trying to help get more listeners. And of course, I got to shout out our number one in the Hood G tier patrons paying almost as much as a South Bronx Parasite Bar who support this podcast every month. Thank you to Sean, Ian, Ian, I promise we'll find you soon. Captain Buford, Robison, and Jason, you guys can eat all the ice cream you want any day of the week. I'll see you next week. Take it easy. Keep it cool. Hashtag save Ian. Bye bye.
2: And if I win, both of y'all get together, buy me a motorcycle and a
1: pink iPod Mini. No. In case you're still listening, Ian's fine. Don't worry about it. Hashtag for life.